Prepare your heart to be moved by God through the preaching and teaching of His Word as delivered at Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. We're still in the series, This is an Exodus. This is an Exodus. My focus today is watch out, here we come. Watch out, here we come. Verse 1 reads of Acts 17, verses 1. Now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica. And there was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul, after this manner, after his manner was, went in unto them and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the scriptures. Three days in the synagogues trying to explain the word of God uh, to them and through the scriptures, opening and allegedly, uh, alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead. And that Jesus Christ, whom I preach unto you, is Christ. And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas. And of the devout Greeks, a great multitude. And of the chief women, not a few. But the Jews, which believed not, moved with envy. Took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort. And gathered a company and set all the city on an uproar and assaulted the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, these that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. Whom Jason hath received, and these all do contrary to the dec decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, one Jesus. My focus really comes from verse 6 and 7. It's where uh, it kind of climaxes to the point that after Paul and the disciples have taught them through the synagogues and many of them as we read had been converted many devout women many people of the of, of the Greeks a great multitude was changed by the word here it is verse six and seven this is where I get my focus and when they found them not they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city crying these that have turned the world upside down are come hither also whom Jason hath received, all these do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying there is another king, one Jesus. From that I get that focus. Watch out. Here we come. This is Acts 17, which is already uh, where the, the birth of the new church has emerged through the spirit. Emerged through the spirit because uh, as promised, the spirit was given unto them, as Jesus had said. And now they are walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you read the first few chapters after Acts 2, uh, you will see how the Holy Spirit began to deal with them. And they would stir every town and city they went into. Any town or city they went into, it was notable that somebody's here, somebody here has been moved and filled with the spirit. It was, in, it was an impact. It was notable. The healings and miracles that Jesus had done in the, New, in the New Testament through his gospel ministry continued to go on through them. And they thought when they had got Jesus off the scene, here are some other people claiming that Jesus still lives, but he lives within them. So Acts 17 begins to carry what we consider the acts of the Holy Spirit or the acts of the apostles led by the Holy Spirit. I believe if we're going to understand the move of the Spirit and really understand Acts 2, which I will get to towards the end, we must go back to understand the foundation of what Jesus taught his apostles. I want to take you to Matthew, the third chapter to begin this. Because I can't rob you of the structures and the framework of what it takes to upturn a city upside down. Uh, to be people that other people can say, watch out, here they come. I got to give you the structures, the framework, the biblical principles that these men and women live by so we can also do the same. 
Matthew the third chapter verses one and two and I'm going to skip around a bit but use your Bible and follow me closely Matthew 3 uh, verse 1 say in those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand one of the things that those who are going to upturn a city and move in the power of God we must understand the need for all men to repent to repent of their sins of their evil ways and John the Baptist introduced the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God like this if you want God in his fullness you must turn from your ways and repent for the kingdom of God is at hand that was the message of John the Baptist he was very passionate about his role and bringing the kingdom of God into the earth that it was necessary to repent now this message really was a stark contrast to many people who considered themselves engrafted in already they considered themselves grandfathered in meaning they were already Jews or they were already a part of the lineage of God and now here comes John the Baptist preaching to everybody talking about repent if you want to go into the kingdom they're saying we have been walking with God from the Old Testament what do we have to do now John the Baptist says you got to repent of your sins because somebody is coming after me that is mightier than me here he goes in verse 11 he says I indeed my ministry John the Baptist says is to baptize you with water unto repentance but he that cometh after me is mightier than I so John is doing this repentance and baptism thing as an introduction of the one who should come after which is Jesus he says very clearly um, that his shoes I am not worthy to bear so I'm going to be fulfilling my role in my ministry John the Baptist says but I'm not even worthy to compare the, the ministry of baptism to the ministry of the Holy Ghost through Jesus Christ I believe this is very necessary we have Christians who are still stuck at the ministry of repentance and baptism and have not moved forward in discipleship from the same spirit that drew them to conversion that same spirit because the Bible says no one can come to the father except he be drawn but the same spirit that drew them also has to convert them and fill them and many Christians across the world are at first level ministry which is the ministry of baptism unto repentance and they are Christian but they're empty Christians they're unfilled Christians they can't take a licking and keep on ticking they can't take nobody talking about them they can't walk into a city they can't walk into an environment where people talk about them and they kick the dust off their shoulder and kick the dust off them and keep on going they're Christian don't get me wrong they know about Jesus as in repentance and remission of sins but their tank is on low they don't have the energy to go through what it takes to keep ministering and living this gospel he says one is coming after me I can't even when you compare our ministry uh, I can't even get in his shoes follow me in verse 11 he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire and so we know that Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Ghost so if you got Jesus in your life Jesus will baptize you in the Holy Spirit if you have accepted Christ hallelujah he will begin to baptize you in the Holy Spirit watch the ministry of how he baptizes in the Holy Ghost I want you to watch it it's right here in verse 12 whose fan is in his hand so when Jesus baptizes it describes that he's like a person dealing with a threshing floor his fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the gardener but he will burn up the shaft with unquenchable fire let me slow it down his fan is in his hand means he goes out there with a winnowing fork this is an agricultural tool that when you're harvesting, you take this fork and you put this fork in the in the batch of wheat and you thrust the wheat up in the air very violently. You 
put that fork in the batch of wheat and then you thrust it up in the air very violently and because the wind is blowing the wind helps separate the wheat from the shaft what is the shaft the shaft is the hole or the or the outer part of the wheat the thing that we want to use for harvest is the wheat but the part that's no good is called the outer part it is also symbolic that our flesh is no good to God but our spirit can be used as harvest for the kingdom so it's like Jesus comes into our lives and he through the spirit begin to reconcile and move your flesh out of the way while the wind of the spirit blows on your life and separates your flesh from your spirit so you can be born of the spirit it's like your spirit is in a cocoon help me holy ghost it's like your spirit through the holy ghost is in the cocoon and only when you put that flesh under subjection and you separate that flesh from the spirit will the spirit come out and emerge Jesus through the spirit goes in like an agricultural shepherd and he takes your life and he throws it up in the air and let the Holy Ghost separate the wheat from the shaft he will thoroughly purge his floor those who are going to be filled with the Holy Ghost knows that there's going to be some purging in your life because the Holy Spirit is attracted to a clean vessel now when I remember the days when I was baptized in the Holy Ghost and I was seeking for the fulfillment of the Holy Spirit to be filled with the Holy Spirit I believe uh, they put us on a fast and I went on a fast so I can remove the thoughts of the flesh, the carnal mind out of the way so I can be renewed in the spirit I had to suppress my flesh suppress my emotions suppress what I think to allow the Holy Spirit to work through me I wanted you to see that Jesus when he comes in to fill you, he gonna clean you up. It said he will thoroughly purge his floor. He gonna look to sanctify you. Come on. You can always tell when you getting low in the spirit because you getting high in the flesh. When you getting high in the flesh, you getting low in the spirit. So if you want to increase your spiritual um, um, strength, all you got to do is reduce your fleshly activity. Jesus comes in and he puts the flesh under arrest so that the spirit can be burned in you it says verse 13 then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him so now Jesus is showing us how important it is to go through this process of renewal he himself puts himself in the process I believe as an example to us to prove that this will work so he goes into baptism it says but 14 but John forbade him saying I have need to baptize of thee he said what am I doing baptizing you you are the baptizer in the Holy Ghost he says no we got to do this he said no he says no uh, Jesus answering to him verse 15 suffer it to be so now do this this is scripture being fulfilled for thus it becometh to us to fulfill all righteousness then he suffered him he went and baptized uh, Jesus John baptized Jesus and Jesus when he was baptized went up straight out of the water and lo, the heavens were open. So imagine this. Jesus is fulfilling scripture that I am the one that should come. I am the one that will fill you with all things. As he's going through the process and as he's baptized, the heavens, the heavens um, align with his heart. That his heart is right. When you're going through conversion, I may not make this thing today. When you're going through conversion and your heart is right, the Holy Spirit is automatically attracted to your heart. Now, if you're just doing it because your mama told you to get baptized if you just doing it because your grandmama been bothering you for two years and finally I'm gonna do it tonight because I'm tired of my grandma see the Holy Spirit don't come to that but when your heart is right and you're ready to please God and you're ready to give yourself to God watch when Jesus gets baptized though you don't have to make the Holy Spirit come I ain't gonna make it here today you don't have to force the Holy Spirit in a headlock to come all you got to do is have a right heart and he'll come on in you ain't got to put him in no headlock talk about Jesus come over here don't you see me no when Jesus was baptized his heart was right all of a sudden the heavens opened up 
Hallelujah. It was, can I freeze the moment for a moment? Imagine John the Baptist. He's been doing baptism all the time. He's been seeing conversions all the time. But this day is totally different. Because when he baptized, all of a sudden, the atmosphere is charged with what is released from heaven. If the heavens are open, that means something is pouring out. If the heavens are open, something is pouring out. And everybody is amazed at this moment. And it says that the Spirit of the Lord came on him like a dove. Y'all with me? The Spirit of God descended, came down on him like a dove, gently. But 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 also like lightning upon him. Now, I don't know what kind of situation this is. There's something about the Holy Ghost that's both sweet and charging there's something about the Holy Spirit that's both sweet if you ever got it you know what I'm talking about he's sweet I know but there's something about him that he's also like lightning there's something about it that makes your spirit light there's something about it that makes you full of fire he fell on him like a dove real sweet thank you real sweet but also fell on him like lightning my God. And lo, here come a voice, the Father. So already you got the Son. Everybody say Jesus. You got the Holy Spirit. Say the Holy Spirit. Now you got the Father. That's in verse 17. And lo, a voice from heaven. That's go to Trinity. Right there in the midst of the baptism. You got Jesus. You got the Holy Spirit. And now you got the Father. Lo, a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. These are the frameworks of salvation. And when your heart is right, Christ will come in and fill you. Christ will come in and change your life. And I wanted you to see how the Holy Spirit begins to work in a life of believer to change who we are. But watch this through the life of Jesus. Let's go to Matthew 4. Come on, we're just traveling a little bit. I want you to get this. Matthew 4, I'm going to start at verse 3. Verse 3. Matthew 4, verse 3, it says, and I'm probably reading from a different version here, so y'all be careful if I, if I have a different word from you. I'm going to start with that verse 3. Uh, Matthew 4, verse 3, it says, When the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Jesus is now being tempted of the devil in the wilderness. I'm going to say that the point here is one of the ways you can continue to walk in power is you got to be perfected through obedience when you are tempted. Let me say that again. You got to be perfected through obedience when you are tempted. It's nothing to be obedient when you don't have any temptation, but you got to make it through temptation. You got to win through temptation. If you're going to overturn the world, walk in power that helps brings darkness, bring light to darkness, you got to win your temptation. You and I have to be able to beat the devil when we don't feel like beating him. You ain't saying nothing. I said when you don't feel, when you're tempted, you're most likely don't feel like it. You got to win when you don't feel like it. You got to win when you feel like you're losing. You got to win when you feel like you're tired. You got to win. If you're going to walk and maintain power and maintain your witness, you got to win your next test. You can't keep flunking think you're going to walk in power. You got to win when the devil comes against you to ruin your witness. You got to win. Jesus went in the wilderness to be tested because what good is an anointing that can overcome temptation. What good is a spirit of God that we can't win over what tries us? What good is it? So God says the only way I'm going to show that you can walk through this, I'm going to put you in something to show you that I'm greater than what you've been facing. I'm greater than your weakness. I'm greater than your temptation. So Jesus is in the wilderness being tempted and watch what it does. Watch what it does. I'm already hitting myself. Watch what it does. Watch what it does. All right. Verse five, the devil taking them up. To, uh, to a holy city and set him on a pinnacle of the temple. This is temptation number two. Temptation number one was to uh, take the stones to be made bread. Jesus said, man shall live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. Why? This is why. Because the word says I don't have to. I ain't doing it. Because that ain't the only thing I live by. Man don't live by bread alone. So you're going to tempt me with my needs. 
You ain't going to make me act all crazy because I got knees. God going to provide my needs according to his riches and glory. And I ain't going to let you take me out of context of who I am because I don't have it right now. I don't live by bread alone, but I live by the word. It means when I don't have bread, I got his word. Oh, you ain't saying nothing. When I don't have bread, I got his word. Bread represents natural stuff. Come on. Don't act like people, people sin over natural stuff. Over natural stuff. And things not going right naturally. People sin. But see, I ain't living by just natural stuff. I'll hold out. Even if I have to go. Even if I have to be hungry. I'll be hungry and let the word comfort me through my night season. And let the word keep me. I ain't saying nothing here today. Temptation number two. The devil takes them up to the holy city and set them on the pinnacle of the temple. Holy city. So this is dealing with spirituality. Because he takes them to a holy city most likely Jerusalem, and set them on the pinnacle of a temple. So first of all, a holy city, and then he takes them to the temple, and he puts them at the pinnacle of the temple. And he says unto him, if thou be the son of God, if you really called by God, if you really somebody, if you really got a calling, cast thyself down. For it is written, he, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands shall bear the, in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against the stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again. It's like Jesus is being tempted, but he's schooling the devil. Jesus is under a test, but the devil is getting a, getting, getting a learning lesson. He said, let me tell you, point number two, devil, it is written since you don't know the word and I word. See, you can't win if you don't know nothing. See, you think you're going to fight the devil and win and you don't know the word. You can't win. The spirit and the word works together. First of all, let me go back to verse one. He was driven in the wilderness by the spirit, but the way he won is through the word. See, the spirit and the word works together. So if you got a whole lot of spirit, meaning you can jump up and down Tell pastor say shake people three hands you the first one to cross your leg you the first one to jump but if you ain't got no word in you if you ain't got nothing to stabilize you in the time of temptation you will dance and never win you will shout and never win you will prophesy and never win what grounds you in the fight is the word Jesus said it is written I want you to know what grounds me and anchors me is the word I, he brought himself subject to the word, to the authority of the word. It is written, he said it again, let me school you devil, I, I shall not tempt the Lord thy God. Yeah, I'm somebody, but I don't walk in my own power, is what he's basically saying. I'm not going to tempt the Lord thy God. I'm not going to be doing nothing crazy, jumping off the pinnacle of the temple, talking talk about who I am. We don't heard many stories of many people trying to walk in their flesh, talking about they walking in the spirit, walking in their flesh. When I heard about that prophet from Africa who decided he was going to walk on water. And, and Jesus told Peter to walk on water. I said Jesus told Peter to walk on water. And as long as Peter was looking at Jesus, he was walking on water. Jesus walked on water. Jesus ain't tell you nothing. Get yourself back in that boat and row, row, row yourself right down the stream. And be fair and be fine with who you are. Stop letting people bring you out of godly character. Trying to show showboat yourself like you some type of magician somebody. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Stop walking in ungodly character. Jesus said, I ain't going to go act out like I'm somebody. I know I'm the son of God and I'm going to sit right here. I ain't about to go out here and, and kill myself and jump off the top because, you know, to see what God can do. Talking about I got faith. Save your faith for what God tells you to do. Save your faith for what God tells you to do. Faith cometh by hearing. Stop listening to the devil. Stop listening to yourself. Stop listening to your ambition. And save your faith for when God speaks to you. Hold on to it till God say go. Hold on to it till God say now. Hold on, move. Don't get ambitious because people tell you bad. You should have had it by now. You should have done it by now. Oh, you should have do this. Pastor Joe, you should have been left your job. You so anointed. Oh, oh I'm anointed and I'm going to go to work Monday through Friday until God says the same. I'm going to be anointed and I'm going to walk. I ain't got to say nothing. Don't move till God says it's time. Let people bring you out of your season. Oh, you are. Ah, blah, blah, blah. You don't mess around and messed up your budget. Don't win a car, bought a car you can't afford. Don't win and bought a house you can't afford. And the Bible says the blessing of the Lord make it rich and add no sorrow. And we can't tell because every time we see you, you're driving good, but you're looking sad. Lord, help us. Stay where God has you. Don't move till he changes you. Tell somebody, don't move till he changes you. I ain't going to finish. Verse 8. 
Again, the devil taketh him up into exceeding high mountain. Ain't gonna finish, okay. Hallelujah. Take him up to exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. So he takes him on a field trip. Let me tell you what you can have. Let me show you something. You all around here serving God, look at you. <laughs> is it really worth it? Is it really worth serving God? This is really what Jesus, the devil is really trying to show Jesus. You know, is it really worth it? Let me show you. Taking him on a seating high mount. So if you're on a seating high mount, you know what that means? You can see everything below. He said, look at the seating high mount. I'm going to show you all the kings in the world and the glory. See how beautiful that is? Now look at that mount. Now look at that city over there. And he takes Jesus on a field trip in their mind. And he starts showing them pictures of what he tell them he can have. But there's only one condition. The devil says, you got to go to condition. You want this stuff? And let me tell you something. Some of us get so anxious, the devil just takes us on all kind of rendezvous. If you don't control your emotions, the devil will have you in all kind of stuff. He said, I will, he said all, verse 9, and he said unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou fall down and worship me. And then the sad thing about it is, see, this is how you get tricked by the devil. Here's the devil offering people God's stuff. The mountain he showed Jesus, he ain't make that one. The kingdoms that he showed Jesus, he ain't made none of them. Let me tell you something about the devil. The devil will take you and talk about giving you stuff that don't even belong to him. Have you all over there talk about, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be great. The devil will show you fame and fortune and show you all kinds of things. You got to discipline your ambition. Oh, if you're going to really be, be in the step with God, you got to discipline your ambition. Come on, you got to discipline your ambition. Come on, I'm an ambition person. I'm a, vis a visionary person. But you got to discipline your ambition. You can run your family amok just being so ambitious. You got to balance that stuff. You can run your budget crazy just being ambitious. And you could be talking about everybody else, you know, because I'm different. You know, you know, I'm ambitious. And as you know, two years later, you broke. No, the devil done, took, done made you, showed you all this stuff, and you hadn't learned how to live with no temperance. Jesus said, let me get to the, the word again. Jesus said unto him, verse 10, get thee. First time, first two times he put up with him. Third time, get thee. When it comes to worship, I ain't worshiping nobody. Nobody, but get thee behind me. The ultimate test, temptation is to get you from worshiping God. Get thee, Satan, for it is written. First he rebukes him, then he gives him the word, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall thou serve. And so I want you to, tell, want you to know, you got to pass your temptations. If you're going to walk in power and walk in presence, you got to pass your temptations. I'm going to end right here. Let's go to Matthew 5. I'm going to end right here. I'll pick the rest of it up later. I'm going to end right here. This, I got too much. God's been speaking to me. Lord, help me. Matthew 5. All right. Matthew 5. Hallelujah. I've been taught that sometimes you don't teach, teach enough because you try to teach too much. And I don't want to try to teach too much because sometimes people don't get anything if you try to teach too much. All right, so let's go. Matthew 5. This is when we're going to end it. We're going to end it right here. Matthew 5. Jesus now goes after uh, the Spirit of God, uh, moves him from the wilderness. He goes out and he begins to preach his ministry. All right, he begins to preach his ministry. So Jesus, Jesus waited till he was 30. We got to wait on ministry. I said Jesus preached to wait. Jesus walked around, did miracles, all kind of things, but he didn't go fully into ministry till he was 30. All right. So we, we can slow down a little bit. We're going to get our season. All right. Matthew 5. I know it. I know it. Keep your cards. All right. Keep your cards. All right. Matthew 5, verse 1. And seeing the multitude, now watch what Jesus teaches the disciples here. He went up to a high mountain, and when he was set, it means he went up first and he prayed, got himself still. He was set. His disciples then came unto him and he opened his mouth and taught them saying, now this is what he's about to teach them. I'm gonna, I want you to see this. He's going to teach them how to identify the blessing so they can have the right attitude. It's called the B attitudes. This is all the framework it takes to walk in power. So again, he wants them to identify the blessing so they can have the right attitude. Number two, verse three, blessed are the poor in spirit. 
for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That means those who realize and have a need for him, those who are awakened in their spirit that I need God. It's called the poor in spirit. All right. It's not talking about poor in money. It's talking about poor in spirit. Those who says I'm nothing without God. Those who say I'm nothing without God. He says, I want you to identify that they're blessed. Because if you can say I'm nothing without God, and, you, and have money, hallelujah. Now, I know some folks are still in process, and your testimony is right now, I have no money. But there are some of us who made it a little further than you, you're going to get there, but made it a little further than you that says, I have a little money, but my testimony is, I'm nothing without God. Come on. See, that's the secret to life. I don't care how high he takes me, I'm still nothing without God. I'm, it's only, come on, I remember a song that says, without God, I can do nothing. I am like a ship without a sail and so it means those who, those who realize they have a need for him blessed are the poor in spirit blessed are those who mourn and who weep and who grieve for the Holy Spirit shall come and comfort them when you see somebody mourning and going through know that the Holy Spirit is going to comfort them blessed are those who are meek it means humble for they shall inherit the earth blessed are those which do hunger and thirst after righteousness people who have a hunger for righteousness and it also means a hunger for justice how many know justice is the right thing how many know that God wants justice to be done how many know that God is a God of justice come on come on we're in a season where we're fighting for justice and we should also be protesting that we need justice come on it's not for us to sit back and not we should also be protesting that right is right and wrong is wrong come on what is it come on if anybody should protest it should be the church if anybody who know right from wrong can discern right from wrong and holiness and purity and ethics it should be we should be a part of these marches as well come on y'all ain't saying nothing we should be out there saying enough is enough come on we should be out there saying not in my city come on we should be a part of righteousness and justice justice and those who hunger for that are blessed the bible said i want you if you see a person saying that ain't right they are blessed it says blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy blessed are the pure in heart for they should see god you want to see somebody blessed blessed are the peacemakers somebody who work for peace they work for peace they don't work to store up stuff when something get into their hands they move it to peace come on you know people who troublemakers you tell them one thing they make it worse you tell them something else they blow it up don't pay them no mind the bible says the blessing is on those who work for peace all right blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake for theirs is the kingdom of heaven and so now he begins to tell them that you are even blessed when you are persecuted hold up your head when you are persecuted for righteousness sake i want to begin to make the church aware that something has shifted and i said this in my post on my facebook live early this morning the lord gave me but i want you something has really shift in the atmosphere and shift in the world and we are closer to end times than ever before something has drastically shifted in the earth and if you're not paying attention you're just walking around there's something has really shifted in this earth and we are closer to Jesus return than never before we have moved a bit it's like we've taken another leap towards Jesus return and if you're not paying attention to all the calamity that's happening in the world I thought we were supposed to be on a social distancing and because of COVID-19 but how come we had to march the streets of the world and had to protest come on we have the one calamity after one tragedy after another Michigan and certain cities been overrun because of nine feet of nine foot high of floods from dams collapsing we already heard about the locusts and so many earthquakes happening just in just a three month span you can't tell me something has ticked and shifted on the timetable of this world we are closer in the end times and we got to understand that people of God those who love Jesus you better be ready for persecution if you're going to call yourself a Christian you better be ready to stand up for his namesake we are in the days of persecution we've been living good we've been preaching freely but I can't things are shifted now we may be moving into the days where we're jailed off and put in jail for standing up for righteousness and if that be so we got to be able to say so be it 
for the name of Jesus Christ. So be it. We already see the similitude of the disciples who were whipped and bruised just like Jesus. Hey, just like Jesus. And they even said that if we even get treated similar to him, we'll greatly rejoice. It's a different mindset when you know you're doing something for God and you get persecuted rather than them taking your joy they add fuel to the fire you ain't saying nothing the saints of God is a different breed you don't put me down and expect me to go in depression I come out with a praise you don't talk about me and I go hide somewhere and cry my eyes out no I spin around kick the dust off my feet and say I'm beautifully and wonderfully made by God do anybody understand what I'm talking about thank you sir he says this to them this is what he says I'm about to end right here because I feel closing blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake for theirs is the kingdom of heaven tell somebody I got something to look forward to if I'm persecuted for Jesus sake tell them I got something to look forward to what do I have to look forward to so, say somebody say heaven oh we've lost the language of heaven in the earth we think all our rewards are down here in the earth and that's why some of us are so overwhelmed because we are acting like that all our rewards are out here in the earth and the truth of the matter that ain't the case there's a reward I can't get till I get to heaven that I could be blessed with new jobs here in the earth but there's a reward that no one can even talk but Jesus got to give it to me there's a reward that after I finish down here doing my best to treat my neighbor right doing my best to live for God there's a reward that's coming from God and we got to get back to being excited about heaven no I don't want to die anytime soon but when I die hallelujah by and by I'm going to fly away you ain't saying nothing when I do die I'm going to heaven when I do die I'm going to see my Jesus and we got to get back to being excited to when we finally leave this earth that we know we're going to be with Jesus forever I need you to go ahead and praise him praise him right there we got to usher heaven back into the earth see some of you know what I'm talking about some of you don't and I'm not trying to offend those who don't know what I'm talking about but I remember the rich heritage of the rich heritage of the saints where they would get up and sing songs and some of y'all may not know this song but it said I'm gonna take a trip y'all don't know what I'm talking about on that old gospel ship and go sailing I'm gonna take a ride right on my savior side y'all don't know what I'm talking about just let me give you some history and go sailing and when that ship come in I won't be back again I'm going sailing come on y'all ain't saying nothing oh, we need to start singing about that glorious day again about that glorious rapture when the, when the, when the corruptible will put on incorruptible you ain't saying nothing let me finish let me finish <laughs> we got to start singing about heaven again to let the devil know when I'm finished down here it ain't over I'm going to get rewarded for all my pain come on we used to sing a song that say when I see Jesus amen all my pain all my suffering it will be over because when I see Jesus and they would get stuck and say when I see Jesus they would get stuck and say when I see Jesus hey, amen I felt the praise in my feet can you stand up and jump where you are and say when I finish down here I still got another reward I still got crown of righteousness I'm going to see Jesus you can't make me lose my joy when I'm persecuted oh I feel I feel the Holy Ghost tell somebody when I see Jesus amen <laughs> we got to bring heaven I got three more points I'm almost done be seated right there be seated I'm done I'm almost done I'm about to go home I'm about to go home I'm about to go home this is the framework of people that's going to overturn the world they're going to say watch out here they come you got to be heaven heaven ward you got to be have your heavens towards heaven you can't be so focused about down here there's sometimes the bible says godliness with contentment says sir great game <laughs> it means when 
I feel the Holy Ghost on it too. Godliness with contentment. Meaning there's times in your life things ain't shifting, but I'm still godly. Times in your life you're looking for promotion, it ain't happening. But guess what? I'm still holy. Somebody say, I'm still holy. I'm still looking to please God. No, the, the big job hadn't opened up yet. It's coming, Elder. But it ain't opened up yet. But in the meantime, I'm still living for God. Yeah, you still single right now. You're looking good, fine, and man, you're looking handsome. It didn't happen yet, but while you're waiting, I'm still going to live holy. While you're waiting, I'm still going to please God. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Shanda, godliness with contentment Shanda is great gain that's something else Shanda have you got holiness right you ain't got the rest of that but have you I'm trying to get out of here come on my first my last two verses, my last three verses. Some last three, last three verses. I promise you. Here we go. He says to them, Listen to them. This is what he says because they're giving them the right attitude. So if you're gonna last in this earth, you gotta have the right attitude. What it's like to be blessed. This is what first said, verse 13. Listen, this is what I've been hearing all week. I've been hearing this one part of this, this verse. You are the salt or the earth. But if the salt has lost its savior, wherewith it, that's the earth, shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing to be cast out, but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Listen. All week, while the world was turmoiling, I kept feeling my purpose in the earth. I kept feeling the earth calling for my saltiness. See, there has to be an alignment between the salt and the earth. You are the salt of the earth. And the earth is groaning for your saltiness. This is no time to back down from your calling, from your assignment as a Christian, as a believer. It's time to show forth the saltiness of Christ. The saltiness represents our ability to preserve, our ability to rescue, our ability to encourage, our ability to bring darkness in the midst of the light. He said, we are the salt of the earth. Salt helps to preserve. But if you have lost your ingredients, you, wherewith the earth shall be salted. Matter of fact, what makes salt salt is based on what it does. If you put salt on a, a, a piece of fruit, that's cut. You know, you put salt on a piece of fruit to help preserve it, right? Because yeah. once you slice that apple open, piece of fruit, that apple open, the elements get to it and it starts to brown. You ever cut a piece of apple and you put it in, in the refrigerator or you left it on the counter for a few seconds, and not long, but for a few seconds on the counter? Sooner or later, the, the atmosphere tried to show you that you've opened it up, the elements of the air. But if you put salt on it, salt will help preserve that thing. Help, salt kind of cures it and put like a curing on it that it preserves it. All right, And so we are the salt of the earth. I believe the earth is yearning for our saltiness. In this season, it's the season for us to emerge and begin to be the light of the world. Verse 14, he says, ye are the light of the world. So first you are salt, represents preserving the world. Now you are light. It means that the world is dark. But you are light. The world don't know what to do. But you know what to do because you are the light of the world. And he describes this light is as you are a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick and give it light unto all that are in the house. Now listen to this. He's trying to say, stop trying to hide being a light or stop trying to hide being a believer. How the world going to be reconciled? How the world going to be preserved if you got a whole bunch of light bearers hiding the light? You got a whole bunch of people still hadn't got delivered in your personality. Well, you still hiding Jesus. I said delivered in your personality. Well, you still hiding Jesus. You don't want nobody to know you saved. You don't want nobody to know that you don't cuss or that you don't cuss as much as you used to. Either way, you're on your way out of it. Come on, somebody say Hallelujah. Come on, come on. I had, to, I had to catch everybody. Hey, man, I had to catch everybody. 
Come on. You don't want nobody to know. No, I don't think like that no more. No, no, no. I don't think like that. I don't have to have a drink every day. I used to live like that, that I had to have a drink every day. I used to live like that, that I had to go party every Friday night and hallelujah and get drunk, just sloppy drunk. I used to live like that, but I don't live. Why, why you can't speak up and say, yeah, that's just not me anymore. I don't do that anymore. It's not in me anymore. It was a part of me, but it's not in me anymore. We got too many Christians who don't shine the light. God has lit you and now you hiding from everybody. God has lit you, changed your life, literally changed your life, took the taste of alcohol out of your mouth, took drugs out of your system but you won't tell nobody that I know a Jesus I know something you won't say nothing quiet Christians it talks about he, he's done something in our life but now we don't went into hiding now he has to deal with our personality because now we, we allow our personality to hinder us from the kingdom of God being advanced he says you the soul then he says ye are the light of the world you a city put on the hill Neither do a man light a candle, put on a bushel, but he put it on a candlestick and he give it light unto all that is in the house. They're trying to say God ain't trying to hide you. God's trying to exalt you for the city. Verse 16, and I'm done. We're going to pray. Let your light so shine. Let your light shine. Move all the covers. Move all the other stuff you're ashamed of. Remove it. Let your light shine. Put on your timeline. Tell them I'm saved. And I'm not ashamed. Put on it. I'm saved. Jesus has come into my life. Come on. If somebody knows your story, you say, you know my story, but you don't know all of it. Come on. Because you know when you're scared to put something on your timeline because somebody's going to call you out? Tell them, you know some of my story, but you don't know all of it. Tell them, Jesus come in, came into my life. Jesus, come on. Tell them, I'm saved and I'm not ashamed about it. Let your light so shine before me. I'm done and I feel the anointing to pray. That ye may see, that they may see your good works and by seeing your good works they glorify the father which is in heaven I just started the framework of what it takes to say watch out here they come I didn't get to Acts 2 we focus on Acts 2 when they spoke in tongue because I believe the church is still trying to have a speaking in tongue experience versus a change the world experience these people went and turned cities upside down I didn't want to focus on that initial Acts 2 when the power of God just came. There's a structure to that. These people understood the right attitude to have. I'll get to it later, but they waited on the, it takes, they waited for the manifestation of the spirit. They waited for it. They was in the upper room waiting for it, praying and worshiping. Other things were happening until the fulfillment came. The church for so long have only focused on the speaking in tongue aspect of Pentecost. Even the Bible says when a man speaks in tongues, first of all, he edifies his spirit. The Bible also says it's okay to speak in tongues, but I'd rather that you prophesy. Because when you prophesy, then people can understand what you're saying. So speaking in tongues is fine, but it's not even the pinnacle of the Holy Ghost. We've made speaking in tongues the pinnacle of the Holy Ghost. And it is not. It's a part of what the spirit does, but what good is it to speak a thousand of unknown tongues? See, it's to be able to explain and tell somebody about Jesus. What good is it to come up to somebody who's about to commit suicide and all of you say is hmm? What good is it that if after that you don't give them some wisdom, if after that you don't interpret the tongue, the Bible says if you speak in tongue you should interpret it. Or somebody in the audience should interpret it. Now you can speak and interpret it yourself. But if you if you just by yourself and you speak in tongues, after a while you got to hush up and speak in English. So people can hear your words. So the pinnacle of the Holy Ghost is not about speaking in tongues. We've made it. So all we do is got a church full of speaking in tongue people. Well, the real measure of being filled with the Spirit is to be witnesses of the power. To be witnesses of the demonstration of what happens when Jesus Christ comes into it. It's the impact we make in life. It's the impact we make in cities. It's the impact. It's not just the speaking in tongues. The speaking in tongues is just a transmission. When, it, when we speak in tongues, it's the Holy Spirit transferring and speaking to us. But then we need to understand and be, our knowledge and our mind needs to be fruitful for what he's saying. We're just stuck on the first experience of the manifestation of tongues and we've moved and we've missed the impact 
lift your hands right where you are just like we would do if we were here in our own church and you were gathered you know what i would say stand on your feet lift your hands and i'm actually to do that right in your home stand on your feet and lift your hands right in your home come on i want you to be too casual while we're ministering i know you're at home and i understand that you can still be in your pajamas and i understand that but i don't want you to be so casual that you don't be a part of the worship experience stand please to your feet at home stand stand you got strength to stand stand as a testimony and lift those hands we need the anointing of god to help us on this day of pentecost father we desire to do more than speak in tongues hey glory we desire to do more than speak in tongues we desire to interpret and to speak the manifold wisdom of god keep those hands lifted we desire to lay hands on the sick and they recover we desire to cast out devils we must see more testimonies we must hear more testimonies that i walked on the street and i saw this man out of his mind but i was able and i was led of the holy spirit and i prayed with him and those demons came out of him and we found out that he had talents and we found out he had gifts and we found out he was once a mechanic and we found out that he once was once in college but the devil took him on but we cast out the devil we need more testimonies of the demonstration of the power of god father i pray that as i preach this word today that i got more word that i can digest in this moment i got more that you've given me that i can't give in this moment but i believe i've given what's a sign for this moment to tell the world watch out here we come we're not backing down from nothing we are demon busters i shot now my soul i said we ain't backing down from nothing no demon no racism no hatred we're not backing down from nothing for god we live for god we die Father, I pray that you will transfer boldness to the saints of God today. One of the key characteristics of being filled with the Holy Spirit is having boldness, not timidity, but courage and joy and boldness. Not fear and timidity, but faith that stirs us to good works. Father, let the boldness, the, the attributes of the Holy Spirit rest and rule in us. Let boldness come on the believers. Boldness to witness. Boldness to pray. Boldness to believe. Boldness to have courage. Father, I pray today that we will be one of the ones that they say, watch out, here they come. There's something about sister so-and-so. There's something about brother so-and-so. There's something about he's intelligent. She's intelligent. She's smart. She's a director. She's a pharmacist. But oh, that's not all she is. She's a computer tech, but that's all she is. Oh no, you can tell about your problem. She can pray. That's not all he is. He's smart. Hallelujah. He's intelligent, but that's not all. He's filled with the spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for a day of remembrance and a day of refreshing today. That the power of the Holy Spirit will keep us in this evil day. That the power of the Holy Spirit will be like a fire in our hearts. Giving us peace and joy in the midst of chaos. Father, I pray for radicalness to hit the body of Christ. I pray for radicalness. I thank you for preachers preaching on the street corners. Forget waiting for a pulpit. Preaching on their FaceTime line. Forget waiting for an invitation. I thank you for a stirring that's beyond money. That's beyond fame. That's beyond waiting for the Word Network and the TVN. I thank you for a stirring. I thank you for a stirring in the life of the believer. In the name of Jesus, watch out. Here we come. We're coming out of whatever personality, shyness. We're coming out of it by the grace of God. We're coming out with wisdom. We're coming out with the right attitudes. With the right attitudes. With the right attitudes. There's no way we can do the work of God with wrong attitudes. I'm going to pray for that and I think I'll be done. Jesus thought it was necessary. That's Matthew 5. He thought it was necessary to take his disciples on a mountain and teach them about right attitudes. Because there's no way they can represent him with wrong attitudes. 
this is the new way he says i gotta teach you about right attitudes and how to understand the blessing on right attitudes i gotta get your mind right because your mind can't be like the world if you start thinking like the world you're gonna miss this thing start behaving like the world come on gonna miss this thing come on if y'all start thinking that looting christians start thinking that looting is a part of the answer you missing it come on we ain't getting nowhere by looting we're not getting nowhere by rioting and fighting i know it happens i know people get angry i i know it and it is going to happen but you shouldn't be endorsing it christians i said i know it's going to happen Come on, you get people flesh messed up enough. Come on, we say, but if you keep bothering my flesh, I'm going to need the Holy Ghost to suppress my own flesh. Right? Because I got flesh too. But we don't endorse that. Come on, saints of God. We stand up, we protest. We can march the streets. Hallelujah. But we don't burn up nothing. We don't commit. The Bible says, be angry. Come on, be angry. So you ain't got to act like you ain't angry. The Bible tells you. The Bible told you you can be angry. But in being angry, you got to have some self-control. You can't be angry and be slapping the dog, kicking the cat. Be angry, but sin not. Get yourself together. Get your emotions together. Be angry. Anger can fuel change. Anger. Sometimes you can't change. You say, I'm sick and tired of this foolishness. Anger is a good emotion that can move you towards change. But be angry, but sin not. God tells us we can be angry, but you better hit the mark. You better hit the target. Because when you're angry, I feel the Holy Ghost. When you're angry, you can, you can be so impassionate and be angry. You start shooting the wrong things. You start hitting the wrong people. You start trampling your alleys. People who are your friends. You're so angry. You're so scatterbrained. The Bible says be angry. Get yourself together. But sin not. When you're angry, you can shoot the wrong person. Because you're so scatterbrained. But the Bible says be angry. You're under control. But sin not. So be angry, but don't you sin. And I pray that the boldness and the courage of God, hallelujah, will rest in your heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That the courage and the boldness of God will rest in your heart. And that you won't just live it under anger. I don't know who I just delivered. God just, just delivered. Now keep your hands lifted. I understand. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now keep going for me. Understand now. Understand. Understand now, Holy Spirit. See, the enemy want us so angry, we're not thinking and we're not strategizing. I got it now, Holy Ghost. That's what it is. Because you can make good, intelligent people cut the fool if you get them so angry and so emotionally driven. Not that we don't have emotions, but so emotionally driven that we're not able to think and strategize. And we come against the enemy who just want us to be blindly angry. But not anger and have anger under control. So Father, I thank you. I feel the Holy Ghost. Let anger rest on us, but not to the point that we sin. Oh, I'm going to pray that. I'm praying that right now. It is godly to have anger. Oh, I'm not moving away from it. I feel the Holy Ghost on it too. God wants you to be burned with anger, but not to the point that you can't shoot the arrow straight. Oh, I got it now, devil. You thought you was going to get us to act out of character. You think you was going to get us to mess up and cuss everybody out this week. You think we was going to go to work and mess up the good friendships that we that we have built with other people on other races. Oh, the devil thought he was slick. Going to mess us up this week saying, I want to look at, I'm going to say it right. I'm going to say how the enemy has been messing with y'all. No, I want to look at no white person this week. Don't say nothing to me because y'all don't understand. The devil is a lie. You will have anger under control. You will not be on no ramp. On no ramp page and your anger God will give you wisdom and control I hear the Holy Ghost we're not gonna mess up the bridges that God has allowed us to build through years of progress we've built bridges we're not gonna burn bridges in the midst of the war we built bridges of reconciliation we built bridges of different relationships different churches or different races building together come on even in this church we got different races our dear sisters and that we dear love just like a blood sister so don't play around here we're not trampling over bridges it shows how much God 
Yahweh is saying that. I got it now. I got it by the Holy Ghost now. <laughs> I got it now. I got it by the Holy Ghost. So saints of God, hear me clearly if you hadn't heard me already. Be angry, but don't sin. The Holy Ghost, let him burn through you. Stand up for righteousness. Stand up for truth. Watch out. Here we come. God has refuted our joy. Watch out. Here we come. I mean what I mean. Watch out. Here we come. Watch out. Here we come. Been in warfare all week long. I can't even describe the warfare. It took my voice away. I just didn't have no words. I lost my words. Every once in a while they would come back. But I lost my words. Didn't really want to talk to that many people. Talk to a few people that I could talk to. But didn't really want to say too much. And sometime, and I said it this morning, I'm going to say it to y'all who didn't see my face but lie. It's good to be quiet sometimes. Especially when you're going to say the wrong thing. Just be quiet. Don't be bullied into doing the wrong thing. Just be quiet. Hush yourself for a little moment. Get yourself together. You're under no pressure that you have to speak at every moment. See, this world will make you try to speak and act at every moment. Let me, let me, let me, let me go and kill that thing too. I said it this morning, but many of y'all see the thing. All of a sudden, preachers who've been preaching on love, brotherly love, against racism, all their ministry, all their life, all of a sudden, they've been called to the table because of this incident which is real or because they didn't do a big long post on it as if Facebook is the only official authentication of your real feelings like everything that's real in my life I have to share it on Facebook and if I didn't come out with a publication with my stance on something and all because it seemed like I was silent on it that all of a sudden I'm, I'm something wrong with my heart people are being bullied now that you gotta come out with where you stand now, anybody expect the Pastor Joe to say on behalf of truth gatherers, I want you to know that we, we've been preaching this all along. If I didn't come out and say nothing, don't think I'm up for, for, uh, uh, for, 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 for election as your pastor. So ain't having no pastor who can't speak out against nothing. I've been preaching all year long. What you think I'm, how you think I feel? This craziness going on, people bullying each other. You know these people standing, people been preaching and trying to love and do the right thing, but now we bullying each other. That's the devil using our emotions. I said it's the devil using our emotions. We're destroying one another because one of the ways that you stop unity is you get people fighting and bickering with one another. It's one thing to educate me. It's one thing to inform me so I know how to fight, but it's a whole other thing to come against me. Now we fighting each other. Come on, y'all. We got to get smarter in this warfare. Pastors, and I'm saying it loud. Pastors, hush your mouth. Hush your mouth in Jesus' name. Hush your mouth. Stop putting down one another. Hush your mouth in Jesus. Stop putting down one another publicly. Stop it. Stop it. We got to mature in this warfare. How are we going to fight the enemy? How the world going to respect us? And we going live talking about our brother and sister and stuff and this and that. And if you showed up today, See, if you shut up today and I didn't show up today, it don't mean that I don't, I'm not about to fight. I could be tied up in another fight before I can get to the other fight. But guess what? You're going to get tired in the fight that you're in. And if you're not careful, when you get tired, you ain't going to have nobody to replace you to keep the fight going. Because you done talked about everybody. Because you think you're going to be strong enough for the fight every day. And the truth of the matter, a fight will wear you down. That you need to go somewhere and rest. But when you don't talk about everybody, ain't nobody coming to relieve you from your position. See, we got to have strategy. Everybody don't need to show up every time at the same place. Sometimes we need to wait. Because when you get tired and frustrated, then somebody else come on. And say, I'm, I've been sitting on the sideline just ready to run. See, ain't nothing, it ain't nothing like a team football team that got three good running backs three good running backs they get that fast they get that they get that fast one and he'll run you all over the place in the first three quarters and then when you're in the fourth quarter and you got your hands on your knees and you tired they big they big they big in that big brutus the big bruiser he's six three six three two hundred and six fifty pounds 
And when he come through, you can't even hold him. Hold him, y'all. Y'all trying to hold him by the ankles. They don't wore you down because they know how to use their team. We got to get, we got to get more strategic in this warfare. Stop putting up a fight against one another. Father, I preached. I think I've released what you have me to say. Out of love and compassion for the kingdom. Out of love and compassion for our cities all over the world. Come on, lift your hands. We're almost done. Father, even on this day of Pentecost, Father, I pray all over churches that there's something happen. That we begin to work with our officials and our government officials. That we shift this violence. We still are angry about any wrongdoing, but we shift the foolishness. We don't want no law, no laws, no lives lost. No more lives lost. I said no more lives lost. Father, I pray for churches everywhere that we'll partner with our government officials. And we'll partner when we need to. And I'm going to say this. I feel the Holy Ghost. We're going to partner when we need to. And we're also going to speak truth to power when we need to. And there's a difference. There's times we'll partner with the government. But there's times we'll look at the government and we'll say, get yourselves right. You're going to hear me. I said, as a, as a people of righteousness, we'll look and say, government, that's wrong. There are other times we'll partner with the government. Others say, no, 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 no. We can't partner on that. Y'all need to get that thing right. So, Father, I thank you today. We are the people that overturn the world. We are the people that people can say, watch out, here we come. Father, I thank you for the love that you have for us today. Thank for what we learned through your word. Thank for this day of Pentecost. I thank you for what you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Keep clapping your hands and praising him. We hope you've been blessed by this fresh word from Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. Pastor Joseph Davis and the congregation invite you to join them. You can find more information by following them on social media. Just look up Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. And we pray that God will bless you richly and abundantly in the coming days, knowing that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him.